0: Welcome everyone to the DSO Connect podcast. I'm Casey. I'm Robin. And today, again, we're here talking about COVID. <laughs> I feel like there's nothing else to talk about right now. I'm really getting sick of this topic. I am too, but it's. I feel like things are changing all the time. And so we have to keep talking about it because... It's the only, it's eating up all, this, all the oxygen right now. There's nothing else to even consider talking
1: about. <laughs> I know, I know. And there's so, de- so many things to talk about within this topic. Exactly. And if you're like most studio owners that we've been talking to, you know, you are waking up every morning with question marks swirling around and just, you know, let's just get through this next 24 hours to the next question mark let's let's just one step at a time get to the next mile marker what should i be working on today and then a little bit of drowning your sorrows in netflix and wine (laughs) yeah there's definitely some of that for sure (laughs) um okay so in my house we don't have really strong internet because we live in the country and so we don't have the tv on a lot but when we do watch it it's like the end of the day, and I want to decompress and maybe get an hour or two of TV on. So last night, we were watching the last two episodes of This Is Us, and I... Do, have you seen these commercials? Like no. All the commercials now are talking about, you know, th- this situation, this quarantine. Oh, yeah. It's ver- It's disturbing because... I am watching Netflix to stop thinking about this because right. I've been thinking about it all day. And it's reminding me, first of all, right. but also that it is really having an impact on our, um, our you know, art and pop culture. Oh, and yeah. I was telling my sons, I said, you know what, we're going to see... There'll be movies about it. There'll be songs about it. And what's gonna happen when they start with just regular sitcoms, but people are quarantined or people <laughs> yes. are, like, it just becomes normal to see on This Is Us that they're wearing masks. Right. One, one of the characters gets COVID-19. Like it is going to permeate our pop culture and it's going to be a part of our story.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I don't think, yeah, this is definitely not just a little blip. This is a big, it's a big blip. (laughs) Of course, we're all wondering how long this is going to last, but I'm also wondering what the, like what the history books are going to write about this, what, um, you know, what the, what changes are going to be implemented because of this? Like, will we ever be able to shake hands again? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. You know, my kids are between the age of 18 and 23. So they were all either just being born or very young during Mm 9-11. And they do not remember a time, Casey, you were young too, but I'm sure you remember this, where you would take your friend to the airport and you would walk them like all the way up to the plane. Yeah. Yeah carry your your drink from home. Right. And you could probably even pick a picnic. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is, there's de-
0: definitely gonna be that level of changes here because of this for sure. Yeah. Heavy yeah.
1: sigh. Yeah. <laughs> All of this kind of reinforces to me the importance of the pivot. And I know I was I for one was very resistant to this idea. Last week I started hearing about it from you know, the, the podcasters that I listen to and everyone kept saying, you need to pivot. You need to pivot because your livelihood will not look the same ever. And I was like, no, I refuse to accept that. I want to continue to live a life where there are children and hugs and live events with lots of people and yeah. shared food and, you know, lots of people in a theater and you know what I Right. I want that. So I was really resistant to the idea of pivot, but I realized that I, well, I convinced myself that I could pivot temporarily, like pivot right. for the summer and this will all come back. And maybe it will, maybe it won't, but I needed to convince myself of that just to move on. So I have been um, seriously working on um, online content that can be sold. Yes, and I'm not talking about Zoom calls and Google Classrooms. I'm talking about online courses in Kajabi. Yes. And, so I've, and I'm of an older generation than you are, and technology is not intuitive to me. Mm-hmm. So it has been like trying to get my master's degree or something. <laughs> I feel like I have stretched my brain so hard in the last two weeks trying to learn Kajabi and trying to learn ConvertKit and just trying to learn all this new technology. And I've been hunkering myself down in my office at my studio. My studio is lonely and cold. And I turn on the heat in my office and I sit here for six hours a day. And every time I go to the bathroom, I see this sign on my bathroom wall because we've got all the inspirational you know, quotes that we have at the studio. And one of the signs says, if it doesn't challenge you, it doesn't change you. Ooh, and yes. so every time I go in there, I'm reminded that we are going to come out of this right differently. But in a, We're going to come out stronger. We're going right. to come out with new skills. We're going to come out with additional revenue streams, hopefully. Um, and that, that's kind of encouraged me um, to keep going with this. but yeah, I like I still, that. You're taking your own advice there. <laughs> yeah. But I am still holding on to the idea that we will get to hug children again. And yeah. Same. And have big events.
0: Yes. Yep. I am uh, just now this week starting to uh, tiptoe my way into Kajabi and looking at what realistically I could potentially house on Kajabi. And um, from, what I, from the very limited amount that, of research that I've done, I signed up for my 14-day free trial and I've started to watch their tutorial videos. And I like, I like their videos a lot. It seems fairly comprehensive, the, what they offer, but it also seems like they're really committed to customer service and helping you understand how to use their products. So Right. I'm, and I'm
1: what excited. I would recommend to anyone who's doing that, and I should have taken this advice at the beginning, is mm-hmm. look at the tutorial videos straight through. Because yeah. I was like, oh, I'm just going to jump in and dabble here and what's here and what's there. And then I was just... I feel like I spent I spun my wheels for a couple of days where I was just all mm-hmm. over the place and I didn't understand the flow. Yeah,
0: there's that um, there's that ADHD brain that we have because yeah. I was yep. just thinking that I'm like tr- I'm like forcing myself
1: to watch all the videos before I start executing anything. <laughs> I feel like you'll save yourself a lot of time and frustration. Yeah, unless if you- you're super techie. You know, like Maybe,
0: but I feel like it's a it's a if it's a brand new platform for you, you have to understand the big picture and all the little slices of what the product is before you dive into it. Right. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Definitely take a look at all the videos before you And I start. would
1: just say one more thing about the concept of pivoting. Mm-hmm. You know, we're the DSO Connect podcast. So we're mostly talking about being a dance studio owner. But you could make an online course about something that's not tap dancing. Um, You could, maybe you know how to, I don't know, plant garlic. (laughs) I I was literally just thinking gardening. That's so weird. (laughs) My son, Alex, who is a homesteader he is dating a girl who is a filmmaker. Oh, cool. And they're both living up the hill on my property. And I said to them the other day, I said, you know what, Leah? You need, because she's between, she's kind of unemployed right now because of all of this. Mm -hmm. And I said, Leah, you need to walk around with your camera and film him doing, you know, oh, today we're going to make dandelion wine. And today, like he could have his own, you know. Yeah. Channel or whatever. Yeah. By Alex. Yeah. And Alex was like, well, I don't really like to talk on camera. I said, you don't have to. All you have to do is do it and let Leah direct you and she can do all of the um, narrative. Right. And yeah. Stuff. Anyway, think outside the box. Because right. You might know how to do something that Other people are willing to pay to learn. Mm -hmm. And if they're going to be quarantined on and off, on and off for the next 18 months or so, there's going to be a lot of online learning happening. Yes. And if you, this is my other concern, because we are such a loving community at DSO Connect. But as soon as we all go online with our products, we're all each other's competition. We're all our competitors. So Casey, Go do a video on Dandelion Wine, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. We still love all of our DSO Connect members, and we all want to help each other, regardless yeah. of whether we are um, in the ring together.
0: But that that means that our market is so much larger now. You can market your online courses, your online Frozen Camp, or whatever it is, to people all over the place
1: right and we but we also have to up our production game Mm -hmm. because if if let's say Casey has some high-tech you know production stuff going on with some nice cameras and some lavalier mics and some nice lighting and I've got you know somebody in their living room with a mess in the back you know with a garbled microphone then Casey's production value is going to outshine me so we're all going to be put, um, challenged to up our game. Yeah, it's Again, definitely going to come out of this with new skills yeah. and a new standard. So sure. we're going to grow. All right, so let's talk about different, different um, forms of technology that we find that we're depending on right now mm-hmm. during this crisis that we maybe weren't using that much before. Um, And I'm sure a lot of this, we won't, you know, harp on stuff that's old news, like Zoom. Everybody's using Zoom. Everybody should pretty much know their way around Zoom right now, I think. But what I think is interesting is, you know, we never, we've been talking about having Zoom staff meetings maybe Mm -hmm. once a week on a Sunday night. We've been talking about this for years, haven't we? I never, I never did it. I think after this, I'm going to have... (laughs) Yeah, a weekly check-in meeting with my my acro-gymnastics department, my dance department, my music department, because now it's going to be much more accessible to everyone, less intimidating. Exactly, yeah. And we're going to be used to it. So I think, again, we're going to grow in that area. Mm -hmm. About
0: Zoom, I want to share what we as a group have kind of figured out works when it comes to audio on Zoom. Um, First of all, you need to get your settings Set right when you are on your Zoom call, you go down to the microphone icon and click the little up arrow there, and then click on audio settings, and then on the button that says advanced, and then there's two. two settings here for audio processing one is suppress persistent background noise you want to disable that the other is suppress intermittent background noise you want to disable that and then save those settings and that will fix the problem of when the music is on and then the teacher starts talking the music cuts out or vice versa because zoom is designed to focus on one source of audio so when you suppress it so it suppresses that background noise of your voice or of the music so when you disable those features you're going to get consistent music and consistent voice the other thing that we've found um, and i think amanda shared this is that if you use a microphone it's going to be even better and then also have your sound source your music source right next to the microphone and if and especially for tap have your microphone right next to your feet um, and that way it's coming in as a single stream of audio from the microphone. So I ordered for my tap teacher and then also for um, another teacher who just wanted, she said, she said, I feel so bad for my neighbors. She lives in an apartment complex. And she says every, t- like every Tuesday night, I am just shouting. I feel so bad. So I ordered her a lavalier, like a lapel mic so that she doesn't have to yell. Um, but then I also ordered a, like a tripod mic for my tap teacher and also a USB extension cable so that it, it can be further away from her computer and closer to her feet. And Great. that's helped tremendously big Great. time. Yeah. Yeah. I also had to tell some of my staff, like, don't forget to use the mute function and they didn't know they could do that. They didn't know they could mute their students. So, you know, make sure they know they can do that. I'm gonna miss that feature,
1: honestly, when we come back to real life classes, being able to mute my students. (laughs) Hey, can you also turn off their camera if if they're being silly and distracting to others? Yes, you can. You can, absolutely. And you can just remove them altogether. Now that would be something that we would definitely wish to have in regular life. Like <laughs> when, when your husband is rah, rah, rah. mute, mute, mute. Yes. Remove. Mm-hmm. <laughs> phone
0: call. Yep. Um, so yeah. So those are just some, some good audio tips if you're still struggling with audio.
1: Right. Um, is, Casey, do you use band app? I don't, so I can't really talk about that, but I'm- I have dabbled
0: in band app. I haven't, um, I haven't quite dived in all the way, I, um, I know Heather uses it a lot, um, I do think it's probably if you can get all of your families on board to download the app, it's, it's probably a good way to share video from student to teacher and teacher to student. Um, we're still having some issues with Google Classroom and it, it may just be user issues. Um, but some but some parents still aren't able to get in or they can't figure out how to upload a video or something like that. So Band App might be a good substitution for Google
1: Classrooms. Okay. Um, Google Classrooms, I think, is working okay for me. Uh, I haven't really heard... Me- there was one mom who couldn't get in and I think she just did not understand the little plus sign. She just expected all the classes to just be there. <laughs> um, but... Um, Overall, I think Google classrooms is a good is for us has been a good temporary house for a lot of content mm-hmm. um, You were talking about password protected websites Let's yes talk more about that so I have on my
0: website a distance learning page, and on there i 've got my schedule of pop up daytime classes i 've got the link for story time with miss casey i 've got Um, you know, info on our social hour calls and which age group is coming up this week for social hour. Um, But I also have a list of all of our classes and a link for each class that takes you to that class's page. And on the class page is where you find the link for the Zoom call, the link to the Google Classroom, and the link to the Google Drive. Um, We are recording all of our Zoom calls and then uploading those videos into a Google Drive folder for that class so that if a student misses class or if they just wanna retake it or if they wanna try a new class, they can find the Zoom recording. But I don't want all of that content to be out there for free for anyone. So I password protected our distance learning site. So in order to get to those class pages, you have to know the password. Um, And that just gives me, it gives me a sense of security. And I think it also helps them feel like they're getting something of value because it is protected.
1: Is it one password? Yeah, it's
0: one password for the distance learning page and then from the distance learning page you click the link to get to the class page. Right.
1: So there's really nothing stopping a mom from sharing it with her neighbor other than her own conscience. Correct. And I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and trust that
0: mm-hmm.
1: my families have good consciences. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like right now it's so it's so up in the air that this is probably not the system that we're all going to settle into for the long term. Right. But i also was thinking about, you know, i've said to people you can have access to all the content on google classrooms not just what you're registered for. Right. So let's say, you know, a mom has a little girl who's in um dance, she can also do our little gymnastics program. Mhm. However, One mom, and I don't know if she was kind of sneaky about this, and I totally let it go because I don't have time to deal with it, she had her little girl in dance and gymnastics, and she withdrew from gymnastics. So she reduced her bill in half, but she still has access to everything. Oh, sneaky Betty. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm just letting it go because I really want people to be happy until their June tuition clears, and then we'll kind of reassess. Right. Um, and just as an aside, I know this we're kind of going off on a tangent, um, but you know we've all had we're all kind of flying by the seat of our pants here when it comes to how to handle um, parents and tuition and mm-hmm. you know do we lower our prices or what? And what I've been doing really is just allow. I have not offered a tuition discount. However, if families reach out to me individually, I will negotiate that with them on an individual mm. basis. And my, my goal is to have everyone happy or at least not with a sour taste in their mouth And, you know, because everyone's situation is different. You have some people who are still working. You know, if you're a financial planner and you are working from home and you have a a practice that is thriving, you are in a different situation than, you know, this guy who worked at, I don't know, what's closed, a restaurant. So everyone's situation is different. And we want as many of our customers to be, ready to go full force again when when it's time so we want to have goodwill i don't know how long that can last right so thankfully we're at the end of the school year Mm -hmm. and if we can just make it through through our school years then i think that we can all catch our breath and reassess and um set up the next phase of the plan right so i'm trying to keep it in perspective that way All right, Spotify. How are you using Spotify, Casey?
0: Um, Well, I am sharing playlists with families, especially playlists like my preschool activity song playlist. i shared that out there. Hey, you know, if you need to get your kid's energy out, throw this playlist on and have a ball. Uh, I belong to a yoga studio. They have a playlist for each class. And at the beginning of the class, whether it's live or pre-recorded, they say, okay, search this playlist title on Spotify and press play now. So you, and with yoga, of course, the timing is less important than for dance. So this may not work for dance, but it just got my gears turning a little bit because, you know, audio issues are a thing, but it's just, you know, like you have your own music source and it goes along with you while you do the yoga. Um... So that I thought I thought that was really interesting. And so that might work for more like a fitness type of a class. That's
1: brilliant. All right. So I I have switched from drip to convert kit only because I'm doing Stacey Tushel's course and she recommended um convert kit and Kajabi. So So what is Convert Kit? Convert kit I actually really like it. I, it. It's a it's it would replace your Mailchimp. It would replace your Drip. It would replace Constant Contact. Okay, it's a um an email server, but it's more than that. So w- it, within ConvertKit, I can also create landing pages and forms. So right now, what I'm learning how to do, and again, don't judge me because I'm new at the techie stuff but i 'm learning how no to, judgments ever <laughs> I am made, I learned how to make a form that will be embedded on the front of my um, website that basically says if you're interested in our online programs fill out this form and then once a person fills out that form they will their contact information will be um, will go into convert and they will be tagged as interested in virtual programs. So I made a new tag. I moved all my contacts over from Drip. And then I made a new tag called virtual programs. So basically what I'm trying to do is get, uh, I have about 2,500 email addresses. I wanna um, find out how many of those people are interested in in getting the online information. And then because I know a lot of their ages, I can then determine, okay, well, look, I've got a lot of eight-year-olds who want online stuff, but not so many 18-year-olds. Um, so then I can make a program to serve the age groups of the people that are raising their hands. Interesting. So I'm, I'm doing two things. I made a form on my website, which is basically for new people who are coming to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I made a... Um, I'm going to do a broadcast email to my entire list telling them if they're that we're offering online content and if they're interested in it to click here and then it'll take them to a landing page that will basically do the same thing which will tag them I'm interested in virtual programs and it'll also you know let me know who they uh their age so that again I can look at who's raising their hand and and Create content for those age groups. That's brilliant. I love that. Do so, you find that convert kit is easy to use? B- okay, <laughs> I've already said that I'm cha- that it's challenging for me, and right. I think that it makes a lot of sense. I, it I okay, it, it makes more sense than Drip for me. Okay, I love the fact that it's got a lot of things all in one, like. With Drip, they didn't have landing pages, so you needed to have lead pages and Drip. Well, now I've got the landing pages in ConvertKit. Um, so that that's really nice. And I'm learning how to do stuff like embed a like a PDF in an email. Like, I never really knew how to do that. Oh, and, brilliant. And ConvertKit can host it there because oh. apparently, like, if, if we were doing it in MailChimp, you might have to host your PDF. On your website, website and then link it. Right. Right. So... Um, but ConvertKit will host it and so it it has a lot of features like that. So I like ConvertKit if you're interested in thinking about switching your email server, um, you might want to take a look at it and their customer service is really top-notch. That's good to know. Can you, for those who don't know, explain what a landing page is? Right, so it's like a web page, only you only have one choice when you go there. So instead of, like if you did a Facebook ad and tried to drive traffic to your website, that's really frowned upon and not recommended in the online marketing world. Because when you drive traffic to your website, people have too many choices. They just browse around and then they leave. Um, So the idea of the landing page is you are driving traffic to the landing page, and you give them one choice, which is to opt into whatever your offer is. Mm -hmm. And right now, in the examples I was just explaining, my objective is I want to collect a list of people who are interested in online dance classes. So I I want your email address and your contact information, and in exchange, I will give you um, a pdf on how to create um, a dance space at home for your child so i had my designer make up a pdf where um you know like obviously most people can't do a full-fledged dance studio in their house for their child but maybe you've got an extra bedroom maybe you don't maybe you have a corner in your child's room and you can buy some mirrored closet doors and make a pvc bar and have one of casey's 15 dollar tap boards there you go Um, but you know just it was a little it was a a lead magnet or, um, so anyway, the, a lead page is a single page that gives you one choice, either yes or no. And if you choose yes, I'll give you a little prize. Brilliant, love it. All right, so that's our technology talk. Um, I think that we should maybe move to the next topic for today, and that is going to be what's going to happen what are things realistically possibly going to look like if we're allowed to open this summer? Right. And I printed out, I, I live in Pennsylvania on the Maryland line, and I have the Maryland Department of Health um, frequently asked questions, COVID-19 guidance for child care settings. And, you know, in my mind, I mean, some of you have probably thought through this long and hard, but in my mind, I've just been trying to get to the date where we can reopen. And I haven't thought much beyond that. Um, like once we're open, it's we're home free, it's life as normal, and I've been protecting myself i think from really considering what that's going to look like right because it probably won't we're going to have to do this in stages we won't
0: be able to go back to normal every day what we've been living and how we've been operating our studios we're going to have to really reassess how we how we run our businesses
1: right so let's just kind of zip through this real quick and talk about things that people maybe didn't think of um, I think I said in our last podcast I went ahead and ordered the temperature readers. I ordered two of them on yeah. Amazon that were like fifty five dollars each. They haven't come in yet, but I'm I'm expecting that if and when we reopen, well, when speak. we reopen,
0: when we reopen, when we're gonna have to take temperatures at the door.
1: Yeah. Right. And maybe if your temperature is too high, then you just have to go home. So think about what that looks like for you. Because for me, I have a little drop-off lane in front of my door. And maybe I have um, a designated person with gloves on and a mask mm-hmm. who stands at the front door. The parent pulls up. We, we take scan the kid's temperature. But the parent can't pull off until she gets a thumbs up. Right. And the next family pulls up. And parents aren't coming in unless the kids are under six. So, of course, we would have to talk through all that. Maybe the mom has to have her temperature taken, and only one parent per child, and no siblings. Right. Um, if someone is, um, oh, this goes for teachers too, and your front desk person. Everyone needs to comply with that. So that's a new that's a new normal. If if you guys haven't ordered your um your temperature your thermometers
0: do it now, do it right now. Yeah. So I posted a link um, in the DSO Connect community group to an infrared no contact thermometer. And I think think it was like $55. So um, Mm -hmm. that one I think might be out of stock already. But if you just do an Amazon search for infrared no contact thermometer, you should be able to find one.
1: Um, Instituting hand washing upon arrival and dismissal. So as soon as the kid comes into your building, maybe they're directed to go right to the bathroom and wash their hands. Mm-hmm. This could cause a line. I don't have, you know, we've got little one person bathrooms, so I can see this causing a line. But so maybe now we need to think about, okay, kids need to be dropped off at the studio 15 minutes early mm-hmm. before their class. Um, enforcing six feet distance between children and staff. Honestly, I, don't, I, I, I can't even wrap my head around that. Our sp- our hallways aren't six feet wide. Our <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: My studio is not that large. Like I yeah. my my physical space is not that big to be able to fit more than four people in the studio with a six foot radius around each of them. It's just not gonna happen.
1: Right. So I guess everyone's gonna have to see about that one, huh? So one of the
0: stages of reopening for governor's orders basically is is um, businesses can reopen if they're able to maintain social distancing, aka six feet between each person. Well, we can't reopen then. Mm-hmm. I can't. Mm. You know, I, like it's just not going to be possible for me to realistically and safely say that I've got that down.
1: Right. That's, that's pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is um requiring the children stay home if anyone in the home is ill um incorporate outside playtime. so in the summer we might be able to really do this um depending on where your studio is located um but then again we have to consider that there might be other people in that park and are you able to cor- you know kind of cordon off a of, a section of space that only your dance class is using, without mm-hmm. having boys throwing footballs and running through your dance class. <laughs> right. Well,
0: right. and maybe and maybe that looks like contacting your county's um, department of parks and recreation and reserving mm-hmm. the
1: space. Yeah, just like if you were a soccer team or something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now we have some some wide open land, um, some grass at my house. And I thought about that, but then I thought, mm, that's opening myself up for some liability if anyone you know, gets hurt on my property. So that's something that I need to talk to my insurance company about. Um, but right. at least, you know, so I would avoid the football playing kids, but um, mm-hmm. I'm opening myself up to a liability in my house. Um, if a child or a staff member is confirmed to have COVID-19, what should the child care program do? Um, dismiss the children and staff for two to five days while determining long-term course of action, which may include closure for 14 days or more. That's frightening because we could find ourselves in a open-close, open-close, open-close cycle, which could be nerve-wracking.
0: Which is very nerve-wracking, but because we have the the policies and procedures in place now, our Zoom classes, our Google Classroom, our band app, all that stuff, you can just go back to it. If you reopen and then suddenly someone gets diagnosed and you have to close for 14 days, oh, we're going back online, no problem.
1: Right, right. But we also need to try to make that seamless so that our customers aren't like, geez, Louise, this is this is madness we're just going to sit this one out and we'll be back in 18 months right we don't we don't want that to happen so having your online backup plan is really important so that you're not frustrating your families right i would you know if we're able to reopen for fall classes i would
0: already input the whole schedule into zoom i would already create the websites for each class with the links and uh, for the zoom call and the google Drive folder and the Google Classroom, so it's already in place. So you don't have to take that time when you do have to close to get it all set up. It's already up and running, and the parents know how to access it.
1: Right, right. The child or staff member with confirmed COVID 19 may return to the child care program when he or she has met the CDC criteria for discontinuation of home isolation. So Three days must have passed since recovery, which is defined as resolution of fever without the use of fever-reducing medications and improvement in respiratory symptoms. And at least seven days have passed. So, uh, you know, that's going to be kind of a whole nother job for your front desk people, I guess. Right, to be managing, okay, well, concerned parents, okay, when did they first have
0: symptoms? How long has it been since they've not had a fever? I do also feel like everyone will, be, will know these guidelines, if not already, very shortly. Yeah. <laughs> we will, from school, from work, from the government, Like we're gonna get the hang of this, hopefully, and hopefully people will all be on board.
1: Here's a really um, sticky one that's gonna throw a wrench in all of our plans. A parent who is a healthcare provider cared for a COVID-19 patient and is now symptomatic, can the child attend? No. So now you've got the question of okay, does the child's parent work in the healthcare field? Another point here is if the parent is a healthcare professional, maybe not on the front lines, but maybe they're working in admin or something and cared for a COVID 19 patient, can the child attend? Yes, as long as the parent has not developed any symptoms. So now we're trying, you know what? It's like we can't control or always know what's happening in a child's home. But if that child comes to our studio and causes contagion, then we're going to be forced to shut down. So it's in our best interest to do our due diligence and- not yeah, to get nosy. <laughs> yeah, and to educate our parents.
0: Right, right, because heaven forbid, your studio is the source of a cluster of cases. Yeah. That would be terrible. You know, you hear about like, oh, it was you know five, five or ten family members who went to this cookout, all came down with it, and three people died, and ten of them were in the
1: hospital. Like, you don't want that to be the story about your studio. Yeah. And in my studio, I feel like the music lessons, the one-on-one music lessons, are doing great online. Maybe we keep that going. Um, I can see dance class being managed you know, if you maybe only have six kids in the class and everyone's spread out and the teacher stays away and everyone stays on their own spot. But if you have a gymnastics class and the kids have to go down the mat, they're all touching the mat with their little hands and then wiping their little noses. Right. And it's
0: hard to spot. You can't really right a lot of skills that have to be physical spotting. You can't safely spot someone in a lot of skills without touching them. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, So the gymnastics or tumbling or acro could be a little more difficult than a dance class. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe we can wrap our heads around a dance class if it's smaller groups of kids. Mm -hmm. Another thing that Amanda actually pointed out, which at first when she said this, I couldn't wrap my head around it. But now, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. If the schools are closed, either because it's summer or because the schools are closed, um, we can start our day earlier. Right. And we can have the teenagers come in in the morning and then we can have, you know, you know, kids spaced out through the day. My only concern about that is we want to make sure that we're not increasing our payroll because we're dividing our classes up. And, you know, instead of having a class of 12, we now have two classes of six. So now we have to teach or pay the teacher twice. Um, right. We don't want to go broke because, you know, we now are running so many classes so that's something to wrap our heads around as well. There's so much, Casey, for us to There's wrap There's so in. much. It never ends. <laughs> right. Is it okay to use alcohol-free wipes? No, it's not. Um, and so I'm sure that your state has uh, something on their Department of Health website. I just wanted to kind of go through some of those points just to kind of give you uh, and myself A little seed of thought to you know we're gonna have to start thinking about this stuff yep all right last topic for the day possible alternatives for summer and I've outlined them very quickly we could take do some things outdoors we could do some things virtually we could do some things limited in the studio like we were just saying or we can close for the summer right and you know everyone's studio is different but after reading all of those guidelines the idea of just maybe closing and saying we'll see you in the fall Mm -hmm. if it works for you might be something to really consider
0: yeah if you add up your your minimum expenses of you know your rent your utilities all that stuff and you have enough money in the bank right now to get by then then it's not a bad option honestly do some pop-up classes on zoom here and there um to keep your families engaged and to keep people thinking about you Mm -hmm. but i mean honestly i'm considering it i don't want to have to do it but i am seriously considering it because it just seems like the easiest option i don't want to i don't want to like be a cop out you know Mm
1: -hmm. but it might wind up being the best option. Yep. So there's so many things to consider and it might be too early to decide. I feel like it is, at least we're moving into a place where our our governors and the president are now talking about reopening. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, I mean, I know it's not going to be easy and it's not going to be swift and it's not going to be clean cut, but at least we're looking in that direction and I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So that gives me hope. Um, at least we're not talking about burrowing deeper. <laughs> we're talking about coming out. Um. Well, then the question is,
0: if your state says you're allowed to reopen, uh, will you? Because maybe maybe you think, maybe your customers think it's too soon. And, and maybe your customers won't come back yeah. if you reopen right away, you know? There's that whole issue of the, the second wave, the second peak, if we reopen too soon.
1: Yep. But just to end on a good note, um, there are going to be businesses that are your competitors, not necessarily dance studios, but in my town, there's a, um, a cheer and tumbling facility. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they're going to reopen anytime soon because kids have to put their hands on those trampolines and those right. things, and the the cheerleaders do all that um, partner work. Mm-hmm. They may be closed for a while, and their customers might, when might they're ready get to get out of the house and get reengaged, might say, "Well, let me try dance." Right. Um, I don't know how long organized school-sponsored sports are going to be out of commission. Like our your local rec soccer or your school. Um, you know, I, I don't know. So, they're m- offering something at your studio in a safe manner might give those kids whose other ac- whose activities otherwise are shut down mm-hmm. an outlet. Yes, so keep that in mind. And I would say keep an ear to the pulse of what your families are saying. Right. Yeah, keeping keeping your families engaged,
0: sending out questionnaires or surveys frequently is definitely a good option. Like. Honestly, if, the, if your governor says, okay, we're reopening on May 8th, send out a survey. If we, if, if we reopen on May 8th, will you attend class? And if 75% of your families say no, then keep on doing classes online because it's just not worth it.
1: Yeah, just keep your survey super simple. Don't do a 20-question survey. Yeah, simple, short, like questions. three to
0: five questions max. Keep it easy. All right, Casey? That was a lot. That was a lot. And I want to finish, Robin, with tell me something that has made your heart happy this week.
1: I'm going to be a grandmother. (gasps) No way. Are you really? Yes. Robin, oh my God. I know and the f- crazy thing is I've been holding this secret in for a long time. I learned about it on the day that we closed our studio. Ooh, what a what a emotional roller coaster of a day. <laughs> I sat my family down to have the come to Jesus, you know, this is Team Winsec, we're gonna make this work. And my son, my oldest son Nicholas said, Before you start, I'm gonna be a dad. And oh, I was just like, My, oh. my God so he he and his high school sweetheart are going to be parents, and they are like little lovebirds quarantined in my house right now. And I'm very excited. And when I have one of those days where I just don't even know what's happening in the future, I just think about this, and it puts things into perspective. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. Yeah, so thank you job so Robin, everybody on the podcast. I did get permission from Allie. Um, she, I said, "When can I tell?" And she said, "You can tell people, but just not on Facebook." So I told everyone in a podcast. <laughs> that seems a little sneaky. I wasn't planning to do it that way, Casey, you, you drew it out of me. Actually, you know, I texted you a couple weeks ago and I was like, I need to tell you a secret. I can't hold it in anymore. And did you, you? I didn't see that. must have missed that text.
0: Oh my God. I must have missed that text. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. So what's made you happy in the last week? Oh, what's made me happy in the last week. You know what, Um, Josh and I are starting a garden in our yard. He rented a big old rototiller the other day and just tore up a whole giant section of our yard. (laughs) And we um, yesterday we hammered in um, the posts for the fencing. And um, we've got seeds we're going to be planting probably tomorrow, so that's exciting. We're going to have exciting. It's vegetables awesome. growing, and I will say that as as sometimes teaching on Zoom is like frustrating and disheartening, and like just ugh feeling. And sometimes I just get off my Zoom calls and I and I just cry because <laughs> I just want to see my kids. Mm-hmm. But today I taught my four and five year olds, and one of them was being extra goofy and very silly and like coming up to the camera and like sticking her tongue out. And then, and I was like, Oh, you're so silly. You're so fun. And then she pulled away back from the camera and made the shape of a heart with her hands. I was like, Oh, that's so sweet. And then another one did it and then another one did it. And then my whole entire class was right up to their cameras, making the heart shape with their hands. And it just like, (laughs) Oh, It was so cute.
1: All my little four and five-year-olds. It was just the cutest thing. I loved it. So that made my heart very happy. Yes. And I think that we should be a, uh, grateful that we have the technology to at least be doing something right now and connecting in some way with each other, you know? so. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly better than nothing. <laughs> it, is. it is. All right. So good podcast. I think this was this was helpful for me, at least. I hope it was helpful for everyone. Definitely. Um, and even though it's the same old topic, I feel like we're, it's, it's different territory every time. Yeah, we- it's like
0: always slightly, di- slightly new slivers of information. Right, right, right. <laughs> All right, Robin. Well, thank you so much, and I will see you next time. See you next time, Casey. Bye. Bye, everybody just a quick note before we go we are super excited to share that our retreat this summer will now be a virtual retreat and we hope that means that more people can join us for our amazing content we are working hard to bring you some awesome presentations with great presenters and seminars. We've just got lots of juicy content for you. We are looking at July 14th through 16th, and as soon as we have more details, we will share that with you here on the podcast and in our group DSO Connect community. We can't wait to see you there. Thanks.